Good morning, everyone. We got a little different today. Before I speak, and I'm going to speak a lot less today, I have a video that I really wanted everyone to see. This week, uh, I began to watch a video called The Atheist Delusion by Ray Comfort. Has anyone in here heard of that before? There's a, there's a few? Okay. Uh, and what I want us to do, we're going to watch just the first half. It's about an hour long, so we're going to go about 30, 32 minutes uh, and, and watch that. And I'm going to make a few comments at the end. I thought it was really, really good, and I, and I wanted it shows, uh, really kind of gets down to what the root, uh, what's at the root of those who believe there is no God. And so, and we want to, I want to talk about what that means for us as Christians uh, with that information and what we know there. So I think it's an it's a excellent uh, video. I'll, I'll say this at the end too, but I do have DVDs. They're on that book table. So you go, if you want to finish the rest, you can finish it and pick that up on the table. They're only like $3. So you can get those uh, uh, in DVD format, or you can go online on YouTube. You can watch this whole thing for free. So you could watch the rest of it if you would like. Um, but if you prefer DVD, you can get those out on the table. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then when we say amen, guys, we're going to start the video. You can turn the lights off when I say amen, and uh, we'll go ahead and start the video. Father, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus here this morning. We just thank you for you are God that created everything. And Lord, I thank you that we would just be able to open up our hearts to be able to receive what you have for us today, what you would speak to us into our hearts, to our minds here today. Father God, I thank you that all distractions are gone right now in the name of Jesus. We can just focus on you during this short time. In your name we pray, amen, amen. At this point, we recommend you pause this recording and go to atheistmovie.com to watch the first 33 minutes of the video that we played during the service. And then you can return to this recording to listen to the remainder of the sermon. All right. Yes, he has given us all things to enjoy. Amen. And again, if you want to see the rest of that, you can pick that out on the table um, or you can get online and take a look at that. It was so good, church. I had to share it. Uh, We had to take a look at that. And I want to look in John chapter 3, verse 19, the verse there that he read. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. This is what we see is that the real root of atheism, most would say when they were asked about, are you an atheist? Yes, and why? Well, because I don't believe there's enough evidence. And see, this is the main excuse so that they don't step into the light, so that their deeds, okay, just as we read, so their deeds are not exposed. In other words, idolatry is at the root of atheism. Now, you'll find many that would, you know, they say why they're an atheist is they're, they're bitter, you know, those kind of things. Well, God, you know, allowed this to happen or that to happen, so they can't believe in a God that this took place or that. You'll find that as well. 
But when you really dig deep and you go back, the root of atheism is idolatry. The first commandment that that Moses was given up on the mountain was to worship no other gods, put no other gods before him. To put no other gods. In other words, idolatry is a sin. It is missing the mark. It is disobedience to God and his word. And atheists use their unbelief as an excuse to live the way they want to live. They don't want to step in that light because they know if they do, they've got to change the way they live. And that is the delusion. And when he was talking about the scripture says in Romans that he sent strong delusion that they would believe a lie, that they would believe a lie. So what does that mean for us? Well, first of all, we know that when we're talking to someone who does not believe in God, we've got some things that we can say. We have something, we know what is at the heart of the issue. I remember going on a missions trip and going to training with a group that they were talking about how to minister to the people there in the country that we were going to. And basically, they said, you know, you need to know the culture and understand the culture to a certain degree and understand what, how they think and why they are the way they are. Because when you do, then you know how to reach them. Then you know how to help them. And I was going to a country that was predominantly that, uh, you know, Catholicism, Catholic, you know, and that sort of thing. And most did not believe that Jesus, that, that Jesus, they needed a personal relationship with Jesus that they, they couldn't say out of their mouth and believe that Jesus Christ rose from dead. When you ask them, you say, you know, how do you know you're going to heaven? And they would say, because they're a good person and I go to church. Because that's what they were taught. It was enough to go to church. I was a good person. That's all there was to it. And so they didn't know why they were a Christian. They just said, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian. And they don't know why they're going to heaven. They just believe they are. And they believe that it was just because they were good. Well, we know that the scripture says in Romans that we have to confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that he rose from the dead. There's two qualifications to being saved. There's two qualifications for knowing that, hey, I'm saved. Not just the simple fact that I believe in God, but even a step further even than that. But how do I get an atheist to to go from that really, you know, the thing, I don't believe in God at all, get from that step and make that leap all the way in to believing that there is a God and confessing with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that, you know, with this video, you can look at that again and look at the rest. And there's some good techniques that, that Ray Comfort uses. I will say that there's millions of atheists that are around the globe, millions, that do not believe that there is a God. The vast majority have not really studied it out. They don't know why they're doing it. They just, they'll say there's not evidence, but they haven't really searched it out for themselves. There are some who have searched it out and who have done a lot of study and done a lot of science, and they sound like a scientist, and they know why they're an atheist and they believe it. And if you use some of the techniques that Ray Comfort uses, it probably won't be enough. You're going to have to spend a lot more time with them, and you're going to have to really know your stuff. But the vast majority of atheists out there, they don't know their stuff, so to speak. All they know is, I want to live the way I want to live. Because that's at the heart of the issue for them. And when they haven't studied it all the way out, it's, you know, not too difficult to witness to someone who hasn't thought it all the way through. But also, what does that mean for us? Because the scripture was written for us as well as written for all mankind. But the scripture was meant for us. 
And I began to look at it, and I, I looked at that right there, and I, uh, the scripture that we just read in John, and I began to think to myself, you know, it's not just atheists that want to just live the way they want to live. By and large, most everybody has this desire to live the way they want to live. And as Christians, we battle. That's why we have this scripture in Galatians, many scriptures actually, but Paul was talking about how the spirit wars against the flesh. And there's this struggle going on, but I really want to do this. But the spirit's saying, no, don't do that. Because over here is life and peace and joy and the real happiness. That over there is temporary. Go this way. The spirit's drawing this way. But the flesh says, no, this is going to be fun. This is going to be great. And it's pulling the other direction. So the spirit and the flesh are contrary one to the other. And there's this battle going on. And we find out that there are many Christians, and when we look around, and we know this, and maybe even in yourself, where you've lost that battle, and you've lost to your flesh, so to speak. And you've used excuses to justify your behavior. Or I'll use, I've done this in the past. I've used excuses to justify my own behavior. Just as an atheist has their excuse and their main excuse is, well, I don't believe there's a God, so it really doesn't matter. Well, as Christians, we do the same. We just justify in a different way. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Because when we look here in what Paul is saying, because we will justify our actions. We'll say things like, just for instance, you know, this isn't really that bad. You know, how have you heard that one? Or, it's just going to be this one time. God will forgive me anyways. It, it's all right. And then the one that I, I hear the most in my ear, God understands. Does he really? <laughs> That's kind of like me. And, and let me just say this too before we read the scripture. When, when you're talking about idolatry, you're talking about putting something else in front of God in front of him. And, you know, God wants us to spend time with him. God wants us to serve him. God wants us to be in his word. He wants us to be happy, his children, you know, and just like with my children, my family, I want them to be happy. I want my family to be happy. But my wife would not stand for me not spending any time with her at all. It just wouldn't work. My my children wouldn't stand for it pretty much either. I got to spend time with them too. Especially my youngest, he asked me all the time, Daddy, do you have a lot to do today? I'm like, well, I got, I got some stuff. I know what he's driving at, hon, maybe a little bit later. How about later tonight when we can do this? You know, he, he bugs me a lot. He's like, hey, I want you to do this, do that, do that. You know, he wants me to spend time with him. And you know, when the Spirit, when the, when the Lord is like, he's, he's that Spirit inside of us saying, you know, spend time with me, spend time with me. We've got to do that. We've got to get a hold of the Lord. We've got to go and take that time to be with him. And when we do that, when we do that, we're drawn to him and the excuses kind of melt away. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17, it says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind. Now the Gentiles here is the heathen Gentiles who did not give their hearts over to the Lord. In verse 18, it says, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become callous and given themselves up to sensuality, greed to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. So Paul's telling the church here, he's saying, don't live the same way as an unbeliever. 
You can't live that way anymore. You were taught different. You were taught to serve Christ. You were taught the scripture. Don't harden your hearts like they do. Don't become callous because when you become callous, you will justify all day long and you'll say, it's okay. And you'll walk in darkness and do not the truth. When an unbeliever lives in sin, they become more and more callous and they don't care how they're acting. That shouldn't be the way a Christian lives. But many times as as Christians, we'll fall into that trap of it's okay just this once however it may be. I know my wife, she was friends with some people on Facebook that she knew in high school. And, you know, seeing how some of these people have turned out has really grieved her heart. And just, she doesn't understand how a married couple raising a daughter, you know, and and doing that can have multiple relationships and just be okay with it. I'm a poly this or whatever it is and pan or whatever. I don't know. All these different things. But they justify and they talk about, you know, so the man thanks his wife and thanks his three girlfriends for making this all work. I, it just, I, that doesn't make sense, church. You will just, the unbeliever will justify and continue and, and get into man's wisdom to the point where just about everything's okay. As Christians, we have to guard our hearts from that kind of behavior. We have to guard our hearts from justifying. Because it's not, it's for our own sakes, yes, but it's also for the sake of everyone around you. Jesus, everywhere he walked, changed the world around him. How can we advance the kingdom or change those around us if we are not living the way we're supposed to live? Living according to the word. Living what we actually believe. We have to be a testimony to those around us. We are supposed to make sure that we're not walking in the same type of delusion that the atheists live in. We're supposed to walk in the light. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, Then this is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. This passage is relational. It's not positional. It's not talking about your place in Christ. It's talking about your relationship with Christ. It's talking about your walk, the dynamic of your relationship with God. And if we're going to have an intimate relationship with the Father, we must walk in the light. This word walk in the Greek, it means to make one's way, to progress. We should always be progressing forward. It also means habitually living a certain way. We should always habitually be living according to the word of God. Not habitually living in sin because that hardens our heart and causes us to be callous in our own life and we won't be able to affect the world around us and reach someone else in love. To be able to show the gospel to someone else. We have to habitually be living in in the truth of the word of God and not in sin. And if we're walking in darkness, we're lying to ourselves if we think our relationship with God is, quote, good. Because that's what this says. Our relationship is not good. That doesn't mean I'm not, you know, one of his children. It just means my relationship is not good. I I know when my relationship with my wife is good and when it's not. And church, I like it a whole lot better when it's good. A whole lot better. And see, we will live a fulfilled life if our relationship with the Lord is right. I want to end with this verse. In John three twenty one. 
going back to the very beginning of the scripture that we read, this last verse, but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Did you catch this? If you're doing what is true, habitually living the right way, you will have no problem stepping into the light. You'll have no problem getting to the light because you know you're doing what you're supposed to do. Those who walk in darkness don't want to step into the light because it's going to be exposed. They don't want to say it to God, just as David said, search me, O God, search my heart, search all those ways about me. And so a few questions we've got to ask ourselves this morning before we leave here. Do you practice truth or have you been justifying your sin? Are you able to step into the light? Can others see that you are doing what God wants? That you are living according to the word? Are you a good testimony for him? Are you living by the truth of the word? Or are you living in delusions? Can we all stand? We need to dispel all the delusions that we live under many times. Those delusions that say, oh, it's not that big of a deal, or it's just one time, or it's just this or that. We need to make sure that we eliminate every excuse out of our own lives and be, so that we can minister to those who don't know Christ and show them a clear, a very clear and good example of him. I want my testimony to be one where others look at me and say, he does the right thing. And look, whether they agree with me or not, it doesn't matter. I'm going to live righteously because that's what God's called me to do. To live righteous before him. To live holy before him. And to do that, it's the, Jesus had his commandment, which is to love others. And if we walk in love, we'll do the truth. So we want to focus on that. This morning, if you're here this morning... And you looked at some of this and you're like, you know what? And you heard what I just said. I've got a little bit of changing to do myself. Raise your hand. That, I mean, you know, I, I've been having that. Those, well, I've got to get rid of that. I've got to cast that down. You know, if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, now's a really good time. Now's a good time. Because that DNA book, that Instructions for Life, it didn't create itself. We didn't just come from that explosion You came from God, and God loves you, and he wants that relationship with you. This morning, if you want to know more about Christ, you want to know Christ, you can come forward here. We're going to have altar. I'm going to go ahead and ask Dad and and Landy to go ahead and come forward at this time. Hey, and we're we're all going to pray together. But also, you you can go ahead and come forward. And if you're here, maybe some of you that raise your hands and you say, you know what, I need to give this over to God, and I need to say, you know what, I'm not going to say, I'm going to ignore that voice. I'm going to put that voice under my feet now. I'm going to cast down that imagination that's telling me that, oh, it's okay to do this, it's okay to do that. If that's you, you can just go ahead and line up anywhere here on this altar. You can go ahead and come forward at this time, and we're going to pray. We're going to believe God. And if you, you want to do it at your seat, you can do that as well. But I tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say to the Lord, you know what? I've got to walk in forgiveness. If you're having a hard time walking in forgiveness, you know, having a hard time, because, you know, they... they Hey, we need to give that over to the Lord, whatever it is, whatever it is. Let's all just close our eyes around. And if you want to still come forward, you can come forward at this time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take another couple of minutes. Thank you, Jesus.